You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast, and a little bit later we'll be joined by two guests who will talk about abductions, alien contact reports, and all that stuff. But right now, let's think about last week. And one of the things that interests me here is the way Leslie Kane approaches UFOs. She kind of keeps her opinions about what they are to herself, and she's trying to interest scientists and government officials. And her way of thinking, which makes a lot of sense, is if you run in there and say, we know that the government is hiding the truth about the alien visitation, they're going to turn her off. They're going to shut it down. They're going to close the door. She has to be politically correct. And that's, I guess, one of the problems that people might have had with the citizen hearing on disclosure, where Stephen Bassett is completely wild about saying, we know it's spaceships, that we've got to get the government to tell us what they know. They are friends or enemies or whatever they are are here. Well, it's like, you know... Uh, the same thing that I experience here on the Paracast Forum. You know, you try to be skeptical of the ETH, and people automatically lump you into that whole explanation. And, you know, you can, you can state something in one response that you're not saying that it's aliens or ETs or, or alien spacecraft, and then a couple of posts later, they're saying that, that, that you believe that. And it's like, you know, some, some people, I, I, either they have to take their fingers out of their ears or, I don't know, maybe clean them out or something. When it comes to, to Leslie, I really think that she's trying her best to maintain and attain and maintain a sense of gravitas uh, that will, I think, in the long run, attract more quality attention to the subject than leaping towards some sort of unfounded explanation. We don't know that these are ETs and aliens aboard spacecraft. We don't know that. There's no evidence to support that. And what little evidence is out there is, is barely circumstantial. So I think she's, she's taking the, the right uh, approach. It's the kind of approach I've been taking for years. And, you know, you just get lumped in with, with the crazy, jumping off into speculative ground. And uh, I don't think uh, that, that serves the subject well. See, one of the problems we have here is that UFOs is equated with spaceships. No, UFOs stand for unidentified flying objects. If we knew there were spaceships, they wouldn't be UFOs. You know, say, for example, and I mentioned this in the forums, there was a race of aliens called the Zygnoids, and the Zygnoids are coming here from Zeta Reticuli or whatever, and we identify them. These are Zygnoids. And so if they're flying around the Zygnoids, it wouldn't be a UFO. It would be a Zygnoid scout ship or a Zygnoid mothership. You get the distinction. Certainly Chris does. And I hope our listeners understand that right now we've taken the position, myself, Chris, other people who've worked with the Powercast, most of them have taken the same position, is that UFOs are still UFOs. They could be spaceships. But until or unless that is proven, they stay as UFOs. I couldn't have said it better. Gee, I'm feeling so good I should go home now. Wait a minute, I am home. <laughs> you know, I rest your case. Uh, again, we don't have enough data. We don't have enough evidence to really, you know, definitively 
come up with some sort of explanation and these things are unidentified. So let's keep it at that. I, you know, I think one of the things that I have a problem with is, and we've talked about this, is the term UFO. It's got such baggage attached to it. I think the idea of coming up with a, you know, UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, um, or AAO, Anomalous Aerial Objects, I I think we need to come up with a term uh, that doesn't have the baggage attached to it like the term UFO does. And unfortunately, I think when skeptics and, uh, you know, people that are possibly even debunkers, when they hear that term, their eyes glaze over, it's like flashing a cape at a bull. It just gives them a target to uh, to launch on. And quite frankly, I have spent years attempting to maintain a, a open-minded skepticism about what these objects are. And I think a lot of people are starting to really go in that direction in the field. And it's unfortunate that we're all lumped into this uh, this knee-jerk assumption that we think that we're dealing with aliens and little green men. I, I'm tired of it. it it's, it's getting ridiculous uh, at times. And until we really get data to support one explanation or another, uh, I am still going to be in that place of factoring out all possible mundane explanations until – proven extraordinary and uh end of end of soapbox rant (laughs) all right we don't know what extraordinary means at this point we just know we can't figure out what it is the reason or logic that some people use to say ufos or spaceships is a process of elimination it's not conventional aircraft we don't think it's a test aircraft and by the way a lot are it's not a conventional phenomenon of any sort it's not seeing a planet or a star in an unusual lighting condition. We can't figure it out what it is, but it seems to be solid. It seems to be intelligently controlled. We can photograph it. It leaves trace evidence. So we assume, therefore, that since we can't explain it, it must be E.T., that gulf, that wide gulf between something that's unexplained and trying to explain it without the evidence. Yes, some people claim to have been in contact with strange beings that they perceive or are told is E.T. And we'll be getting into that subject a little bit later as we explore alien abductions to find out what's going on. But that's not the proof. That's not the final proof. That people report weird things happening to them doesn't mean the things aren't real. It doesn't mean that there isn't some strange thing going on there. But we don't have the answer. If we had the answer, once again, it would be IFO. Chris, before we go to our guests, I think a lot of our listeners are wondering how you're doing with that new book, Stalking the Herd. Well, it's uh, a monumental task. I, I'm really kind of understanding why nobody has attempted to do this uh, before. Uh, Linda Howe you know, kind of took a stab at it back in the early 80s with her Alien Harvest book, but Basically, that was just a rundown of newspaper stories and and um, pure speculation on her part that these animals are being uh, killed and disfigured by uh, E.T. Um, there goes the E.T. assumption again. Exactly. And I'm looking at this thing come from all possible angles. Uh, the first part of the book is concerning humankind's uh, relationship, domestication, relationship, and utilization of cattle uh, back all the way possibly 11,000 years ago, and uh, 
moving forward and looking at, at, at humankind's relationship with cattle and how this incestuous relationship, uh, if you can almost call it that, how this may somehow be involved in the modern mystery of the un, unexplained livestock death phenomenon. And I'm really attempting to be as objective with the, the work as possible. It's, it's an incredible amount of, of research and correlating of data and gathering up these reports from, you know, all sorts of different, uh, what I would consider reliable sources. And uh, it's just a huge mon- monumental task, but uh, making real good headway, real good progress uh, with it. And it will be out, uh, I'm hoping, the end of August, the beginning of September. And we'll have a special episode then and there to cover Stalking the Herd from our own Chris O'Brien. Speaking of new books, there's a fascinating book that came out recently from Kathleen Martin. You know her, of course, as the niece of Betty Hill and someone active in UFO and abduction research. And Denise Stoner, the book is called The Alien Abduction Files, The Most Startling Cases of Human-Alien Contact Ever Reported. Now, of course, we've all heard of the case of Barney and Betty Hill, So we're going to ask about their background, of course, in this kind of research and what they think are the most significant cases. I'm going to try and take it off dead center and see if we can figure out what's really going on with UFO abductions. Kathleen Martin and Denise Stoner joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. You know, the people we work with the most aren't always the people we see every day. Co-workers work on the go, different offices, clients are spread across the country, around the globe. You know, to work efficiently today, you need to have a stronger connection to your team to build trust and stay focused and brainstorm. And as you know, here on my radio shows, we've got people around the world that we deal with. Well, with GoToMeeting by Citrix, Your entire team is just a click away. You can share the same screen and collaborate in real time. Tell me about it, even on your iPad. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com. Click the Try It Free button. Use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, use the promo code PODCAST. GoToMeeting. Meeting is believing. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. 
Hi, I'm Steve Shank, founder of eFoods Direct. Right now, we have a huge number of Americans that are in serious trouble right smack dab in the middle of the Oklahoma disasters. I know that thousands of you, like us, are frustrated with not being able to help those who have lost so much and are in so much pain. We can't stand idly by. Food is the best way to help the victims and support the relief effort. We have a plan for any of you who would like to partner with us in providing food in this desperate time of need. We've built a seven-day emergency food package containing breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a whole week for one adult valued at $60. Your $25 will ship this life-saving supply directly to those in need. Call 800-409-5633 or efoodsdirect.com. That's 800-409-5633 or efoodsdirect.com. The food is contributed at considerably less than cost. Thank you. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption, Absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com. Spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, we have Denise Stoner, first time on the Paracast, and the return of Kathleen Martin together. They've written a book called The Alien Abduction Files, the most startling cases of human-alien contact ever reported. And we'll get into those case histories after we get into their background, this field. And then, of course, we'll ask the questions that you listeners have posed in the question bank, which is part of our forums at forum.theparacast.com. Denise, I'm going to talk to you first because you're new to the show. Welcome aboard. Thank you very much for inviting me. Denise, tell our listeners, before we get started in the nitty-gritty here, how you got involved in this field. Well, I got involved because I've had experiences since age two and a half that has conscious recall. And I had thought about it for a very long time, tried to figure out where all this came from. And when I was in my 20s and continued to have experiences and realized these were not nursery rhyme characters that came to visit me in real life, I started to look into it. I started to talk to other people. I began to read about how this was all handled and then decided this is something I wanted to do. I wanted to help others. Let's go back to your experiences. You were two years old when you had your first? Two and a half. Two and a half. What do you remember of that? How did it strike you? At what point in your life did you realize something really weird happened then? 
Well, I was standing on a sofa looking out a window, and my mom was in the hospital giving birth to my sister. I just remember it clear as a bell. And maybe because my sister was being born, I was anticipating having a baby brother. That's what I wanted. And I got a sister, but... I hope she doesn't object. Uh, no. (laughs) I was looking out the window, and there was a huge, huge egg-shaped object right outside the window. The uh, telephone lines ran right across the front of it. It was shaped like an egg, bright, 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 yellow. It almost made you want to blink, and I thought it was Humpty Dumpty, because here I am, a little kid, and I'm trying to figure out what this is, and so that's what I came up with. And my grandfather and I were very close. He had cooked us dinner, and he came through to check on me. I was pretty good at entertaining myself, so he knew I was just looking out the window. He came through, and I said, why did they put Humpty Dumpty in the sky? And I recall the look on his face of just sheer fear. I thought in my mind, why is Grandpa afraid? Why does he have that look on his face? So then I began to feel a little bit afraid. And he said, let's go up and get our bath. He closed the blinds and let's go to bed. He took me upstairs, gave me my bath, put me in bed, and he went back downstairs. He read me a story. And then I was lying there looking at my wallpaper that was full of nursery rhyme characters. And pretty soon, this little character that I thought came out of the wallpaper, although I didn't see any others that looked like him, came to the side of my bed. He was hooded, but I could see his great big dark eyes. He was carrying what I thought might be a tool or a light because it had a light on the end of it. He took my hand, and I knew I was going to go with him and somehow indicated that I was, and we went out of my room down the hall, and he took me right through the wallpaper, and I ended up in a large craft that I now realize was a craft, and that happened many times. Okay, many times. Now, at what point in your life did you realize this is something more than a fairy tale? And I need to add a second part of the question here. Any of your remembrances of what happened to you when you were very young come through direct memory or hypnotic regression? All of that is memory. Okay, so conscious. Okay, so you remember this. When is the next incident? It's night after night after night, and I remember my sister being taken and missing from the crib and going to look for her, tiptoeing down the hall to look in my mom's room and knowing that she's not there, and then remembering my dad saying, boy, she's figured out how to get out of her crib, meaning my sister, and they put pieces of plywood, and my dad putting them at the foot of the crib so she can't get out, and then seeing her floating across the top, so they took her anyway, and I'm thinking, boy, my dad doesn't know where she's going. I just didn't feel like I could tell them, oh, yeah, she's being floated over the top, so you can't keep her in there. I didn't talk about that. When I got older, my parents built a new home when I was in first grade, and it was just a Norman Rockwell-type New England town. Nobody locked their doors. Everybody knew everybody, and I found myself standing in a park with the bottoms of my pajamas soaking wet in the dew and the grass and being chased by an entity, being chased after I had been taken and dropped off, but they were trying to coat me in some kind of liquid. I would be chased while he tried to drop this liquid on my shoulders, and I would run till I would get to my front door, go inside, go upstairs, and get into bed. 
Just a fast question about this, Denise. Did your sister recall abductions? She knows something happened, and she is still, to this day, so terrified. She will say, I know they're there. I saw them. I've seen the crafts, and that's all I will talk about. I will not discuss this. Pretty traumatic. This is Chris Denise. Welcome to the show. A couple uh, quick questions. One, where, where in New England did you grow up? I grew up in a little town just outside of Hartford, Connecticut. Okay, so you're in Connecticut. And give us a time frame. When are we talking about approximately? Well, I was born in 1948, and this was ongoing. We're talking uh, early 50s then, uh, this yes. began. This yes. is ahead of the experience of Barney and Betty Hill. This is what, yeah, that's, almost a decade uh, quite, ahead. Quite a bit ahead of it. Yeah, this is pretty unusual, you know, Denise. We don't have that many quality reports or recollections from people prior to uh, Kathleen's Ants event, which is considered kind of the, the beginning of the modern phase of, of the abduction phenomenon. Have you encountered anyone else uh, who's had experiences from that same time period that you began your experiences? I think a lot of us had, and, and speaking of Betty and Barney Hill, I believe perhaps Kathleen can speak of it, but a lot perhaps of their family might have had things going on and didn't speak of it. My mom and dad had something happen to them. My dad has passed away with Lou Gehrig's disease, so he can't talk about it. Now, of course, my mom recalls something happening and, and has told me about it. Who knows how long and how many years before? We just don't know. So are we seeing here, Denise and Kathleen, I'm sure we'll have something to say as we get to the next segment. Are we seeing here the targeting of specific families when abductions happen? That some families see it happen Maybe once in a lifetime, others, it's a constant presence. Oh, are you asking me, Gene? You can drop in the answer. We have 30 <laughs> seconds before we break, but go ahead and lay an are answer on us. Are we this in families? Uh, yes. It, uh, I think that Jim Harder, Dr. James Harder, established this years ago in his uh, research on family connections to UFO abduction experiencers. So there does appear to be a family link. I'll tell you what, we'll get into a lot more about UFO abductions, the family link, their experiences, but more important, trying to take these experiences apart and see what's going on. We have Kathleen Martin. We have Denise Stoner. The book is called The Alien Abduction Files. You're on with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. Web 
whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. It's time to get real. It's time to prepare. Economic collapse, social unrest, natural disasters, government takeover, UN takeover. Are you ready? 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 Get ready at the Social Prepper Trade Show in Dalton, Georgia, June 6th, 7th, and 8th. Three massive days to learn self-reliance and emergency preparedness. Exhibitors ranging from survival, solar, power, food, protection, guns, ammo, disaster preparation products, hunting, and much more. Seminars by Dr. Wallach, Robert Henry, Raymond Blake Hogshead, Trish Deer, Sandy Hall, Rick Austin, Survivor Jane, and more of our nation's experts on survival and preparedness. Don't miss the Social Prepper Prepper Trade Show, June 6th through 8th, Dalton, Georgia. For discount tickets, prize raffle, and info, go to socialprepper.com. Enter code GCN for 50% online ticket discount purchase. The Social Prepper Trade Show, presented in part by GCN. Wouldn't it be nice to have one product that replaces more than 10, saving you space, time, and money? HempUSA.org has a complete full-spectrum vitamin mineral detox formulation called MicroPlant Powder Gold. MicroPlant Powder Gold contains 101 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and iodine, has a 100-year shelf life, and is a perfect addition to any storage shelter. Make MicroPlant Powder Gold your choice. Call 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org today. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a silver dollar in a book explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. As you see, Chris is bringing on his alien abductor voice. <laughs> Chris, have you abducted anyone lately? Uh, nope, not quite. I've abducted quite a number of books from Amazon, though, to write my book. Well, I'll tell you what, Amazon enjoys the profit. 
Just think how you're contributing to their low profits at Amazon. Actually, I get mine used uh, from the used booksellers. So I've, I've, probably, I've gotten, I don't know, probably 15, 20 books for, I don't know, $50, $60. It's pretty amazing. Let's return to Denise Stoner and Kathleen Martin. Now, briefly, Denise, I could see with your background why you got interested in the study of UFOs. Kathleen, because of the family connection. But have you had any experiences yourself? Um, I had uh, a couple of close encounters with UFOs when I was growing up, and this was during uh, a period of time when my aunt was doing contact experiments uh, under the direction of Robert Homan and C.D. Jackson, who were two of the first investigators uh, who came in on their case. They met with Betty and Barney for the first time in November of 1961. And uh, they were the ones who sat down with Betty and Barney and went through the actual time frame when their abduction occurred and uh, determined at that point that Betty and Barney were missing a, a full two to three hours time on that trip. Betty and Barney before that knew that they had arrived home later than anticipated, but uh, they were not certain about the actual number of minutes or hours that they were gone. Robert Holman and C.D. Jackson, after the hypnosis sessions that Betty and Barney had in 1964, asked Barney and Betty to participate in contact experiments. They would write a script, and they would give that script to Betty, and she was to repeat uh, over and over again every night for a certain length of time uh, her request for the ETs to come in and show themselves. And the initial part of that experiment asked the ETs to come in to my grandparents' farm in Kingston, New Hampshire. I grew up across the street from my grandparents' farm. And there was some degree of success, it seems, in this happening. Uh, we did have some close encounters. I wasn't even aware that this experiment was taking place, but I did uh, have two observations of craft with my aunt and family members. And there was a craft that landed on my grandparents' farm. They observed it, and a commercial pilot who lived up the street from us was returning home from his job, and he also observed this craft landing. There was physical trace evidence left on the ground, and there was an, uh, an investigation performed over this. After this occurred, some family members began to experience what might possibly have been alien abduction. And we're not certain about this, but certain people have spoken to me confidentially, indicating that they suspect that this might have happened to them as well. Now, looking over these cases, we see the family connection. Anyone have a theory why some families are more susceptible than others? Are we looking at things like religious, cultural backgrounds, racial backgrounds, things like that? This appears to happen across the board in every culture, every religion, every socioeconomic background, every educational level, professional job. It doesn't really matter. I don't know what the ETs are looking for unless it's a particular type of tissue. 
Uh, really don't know, but it does appear to run along family lines. I have an observation. Have you uh, spoke with Daryl Sims? He seems to think he's come up with some correlated data that suggests uh, the combination of Cherokee and Irish uh, genes has a tendency to make you more, uh, I think it was a higher percentage of people, at least in his findings, uh, that yes. have reported abduction experiences. Are you familiar with that work? I know Daryl very well, and I'm fully aware of that correlation that has been drawn. And he's more recently said that he thought that all of that could be traced back to Turkey, that the original uh, point of origin was in that region of the world. Uh, there has been other correlation uh, among bloodlines, uh, possibly B or negative, Rh negative factors. Uh, that was a little bit of what uh, we looked into when Denise and I um, started our UFO abduction experiencer survey. That was a year-long study, and it involved 50 experiencers and a 25-person control group. And we were not able to really establish a consistent pattern in that particular part. But I knew, do know that other individuals have done this type of study, and they did establish what they thought was an, a consistent pattern. Uh, we did find that 59% of those that participated uh, were type A. But out of 50 experiencers, we had only 29 respondents to that question. Most people didn't even know their blood type. So I can't consider that result to be valid. The thing I wonder about here, and this is where we'll look at what the skeptics might say, is if E.T. is coming here and he wants to take samples of the populace, why focus on any specific group? Why not a little bit of everything? I think that they are taking a little bit of everything, as I stated uh, in my answer to the first question. I believe they are, too. I, I think that if you take a look at the wider scope and, and you even go back to biblical times and then you go to other countries who really hadn't spoken of this, they're just coming out and saying, well, we're taken. Well, yes, we have some, too. And so worldwide, well, I would have to say that people are affected all over the world. People are now coming out from, well, if you want to start in, let's say, Turkey and England and Scotland and the United States, various countries where a few are becoming brave enough to say, I've been affected by this. I've seen something in the sky. I feel like I've had missing time. I don't know where to go for help. So it's all ethnic groups. It's broad spectrum. I, I don't think it's just one area. Chris? Well, are, are people reporting the same type of entities in, uh, from around the world? Uh, or is there some sort of uh, skew or variance between descriptions of these alien types? Well, Kathleen can speak of what she knows, but I, I don't have the answer to all of that. A lot of them are the same. Uh, as far as what I have seen, we have a few little new ones um, because they've developed some higher, maybe higher technology or higher spirituality so that we have some that are different colors that come in as orbs and then pop into entities. Those are new. Uh, Kathleen, what do you have? 
In uh, the research that I have done, and I'm speaking about my own personal research, speaking to mm -hmm. people around the world, uh, the greatest percentage that is reported are the greys. Uh, some people are also reporting uh, an insectoid type that they call the praying mantis type. And I would say that that comes number two and mm -hmm. that they are often seen working with the greys. I find that very, very intriguing because prior to um, the 70s, uh, these big-headed gray type uh, reports of, of seeing entities of this type were almost exclusively a North American phenomenon. And ever since uh, the 80s, we've seen a spread of these types of reports around the world, whereas prior to that, uh, down in South America, oftentimes entities were described as short, hairy dwarves. We'll get into the look of the UFO entity and a lot more. We have Denise Stoner with Kathleen Martin, author of the Alien Abduction Files. And we'll go into more of what cases they brought forth in that book with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies paranormal activity, and thwarting phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at webtv.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. The government's Department of Homeland Security is buying up loads of ammo. At the same time, they're restricting civilians' rights to own and purchase firearms. Can you put two and two together? Infidel body armor can stop every round, including hollow points and 308 sniper rounds. Is reasonably priced and fully legal. But for how long? Go to InfidelBodyArmor.com, spelled I-N-F-I-D-E-L, BodyArmor.com. Infidel Body Armor just won't quit. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237.
Your home alarm works after an intruder is inside your home, but real home security begins before intruders enter. Burglaries and home invasions are at an all-time high, and crime is skyrocketing in rural and suburban areas. 85% of break-ins are through a door, and police response is often greater than 20 minutes. You can't afford to wait that long. Stop burglars with police-tested and recommended Easy Armor from Armor Concepts. Easy Armor keeps intruders out. It's barely visible and installs easily. Easy Armor reinforces a door's weak points, comes in three colors, and is guaranteed to stop kick-ins. Get Easy Armor now and get peace of mind. Order by calling 888-58-ARMOR. That's 888-582-7667. Or go to easyarmor.net. Spelled E-Z-A-R-M-O-R.net. Special offer only available to GCN listeners. Ask about it when you call for your Easy Armor today from Armor Concepts. Ultimate door security made easy. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All renovation teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order renovation teas at renovationtea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation teas. Renovate your health one bag at a time. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, we have Kathleen Martin, we have Denise Stoner. Before we progress any further, Kathleen, with regard to what Chris said in the previous segment about the look of UFO entities changing or being different, what's your response? I would say that he had mentioned uh, the short, hairy dwarfs. Only one individual who participated in our study uh, stated that she had observed this short, hairy dwarf. And if I'm recalling correctly, her heritage was originally in South America. Everybody else was reporting uh, the greys, the insectoids, uh, reptilians, and uh, the... Uh, Nordic types as well. A very small percentage reported the Nordic types, in fact. And uh, that uh, there were a few other variations, tall whites, tall goldens, but uh, this was a very tiny percentage. But when you get the variations, do you give them equal weight? Do you assume that they are really seeing a different entity, or is everyone just interpreting the entity in accordance with popular culture, for example? Well, I was uh, doing a statistical analysis here. So um, I don't give everyone, everything equal weight because this was only one report. So say it was only 1% or 2% uh, in uh, my statistical figure. Uh, and, and it was clearly laid out statistically. I don't yes, think uh, that, oh, I'm sorry. I don't think right. that these uh, 
these reports are uh, descriptions of the same entity. Certainly, a tall white is not the same as a gray. And I like to give people credit for their observation. And, you know, I've I have talked to other people since then from around the United States, and and others have reported this tall white type uh, as well, or a tall golden type. It's just a very tiny percentage, and, you know, if this group is here, then they are not as active in their experimental program as the greys who have been here for a very long time. So you're basically assuming here that when a type of creature is reported, those reports are accurately describing what they see. Well, I said that I'm giving people credit for that, and it appears that there are probably several types of gray aliens as well, because um, the descriptions vary slightly, and uh, perhaps we're talking about different gray, different races of grays. Hmm. What percentage of these cases uh, in your statistical study, what percentage of these cases featured information that was consciously remembered versus um, some sort of hypnotic regression? Uh, It was a very high percentage. We asked the question, are your abduction recollections conscious? And 88% stated that they were at least uh, one. And uh, we asked through dreams, 56% had also had dreams. We asked if they were recalled through hypnosis. And only 38% said that they had uh, had hypnosis. And only 16% said that they had uh, memories through uh, other means such as flashbacks. Now, when it comes to hypnosis, Kathleen... What do the studies show about the accuracy of information retrieved that way? It's been disputed, as you know. Oh, absolutely. I have studied uh, hypnosis for many, many years, dating back to the early 1990s, and have written a couple of uh, scholarly papers uh, based upon my research. I'm also a certified hypnotist, and something that I have learned and uh, through all of this learning process is that uh, any statement made through hi- under hypnosis is not necessarily accurate. Um, you, it's very good when we have two people who are hypnotized separately and ask the same questions, and such as in the case of Betty and Barney Hill, and such as in the case of Denise Stoner and her husband Ed who had a significant missing time experience in 1982. Denise, we're going to want to ask about that, too. Yes. Okay, Um, so but the point being, Kathleen, is that we're talking here about the fact that most of these experiences are remembered consciously, but then when it comes to missing time, then you're forced to use hypnotic regression to bring memories back or what? Yes, if there's no memory there and you're doing an investigation, you think that it's valid, uh, then you might want to use hypnosis uh, individually and to give the suggestion for amnesia. And when you do that, then you are able to determine if the experience actually happened and uh, be able to compare individual statements uh, to determine whether or not the statements are consistent. 
Chris, you want to drop in with a comment there? Yeah. Um, I, another thing that I'm interested in, too, is shared experiences. Denise, you mentioned a, a shared experience of missing time with your husband and also uh, possibly shared experiences with your sister. Uh, of course, Betty and Barney Hills, quite famous for the fact that the two of them both shared. They didn't share exact details of their experience, but they both remembered having this um, shared experience. And they didn't many- share exact details as well. Yeah, in other words, but but my question is, I guess, how many of these cases in your uh, study and that you're aware of feature more than one person having an experience that then seems to dovetail into some sort of shared experience uh, versus just standalone type uh, cases? Boy, there's quite a few. Uh, We had a percentage because we asked, there's more than than you would realize. I can try and look that up for you, or Kathleen can, because that was one of the uh, one yes, of the things. Yes, I have we're... the figure. Okay, do you have that? I have the figure right here. Oh, yes. good. The question we asked was, was anyone with you when you were taken or visited? And seventy six percent answered in the affirmative. Wow, that's mm-hmm. surprising. Pretty startling. That is surprising to me because I was always under the impression that the vast majority of these types of experiences were standalone for an individual. Uh, that's very, very surprising that uh, such a high percentage would, would feature more than one person. How many uh, do you have any cases that feature a group of people, let's say three or four, five maybe? Well, I certainly know that uh, John Carpenter's research uh, back in the 80s and 90s, revealed uh, cases of uh, groups of individuals who were taken together. That isn't something that Denise and I asked on our study. I think Deborah Lindemann may have had some as well. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and we are beginning to take a look at some things such as questioning individuals who have been on a craft and did they recognize somebody on that craft or uh, do they believe that they knew someone else that was on the craft? Whether that other individual recalls or has reported that abduction, we're beginning to step into that arena just to see what we can find out and we've discovered in a couple of instances that this has been the case um, that that individuals have recognized others on a craft that they know and could point out after the abduction is over with the individuals being family members friends what friends people that they know do they go to the friends then say were you there (laughs) Uh, it, no, but you can you can question them. In other words, do you own an outfit like this? Do you own a suit and a tie, or do you own a jogging suit? Do you own this or that? And you can begin to do a little bit of an investigation that way. I've received reports of individuals who uh, have met other people on board a craft and didn't know who they were. They were strangers. And then outside at a social event saw these people and spoke to them, and they realized that the two of them had been aboard the same craft. Wow, that's yes. that's compelling. Yes, that's happened too. That, that's, that would be difficult to explain uh, with some sort of mundane... Um, you know, your typical skeptical debunker uh, explanation of this is sleep paralysis. Uh, these are um, 
you know, some sort of hypnagogic state or, or some sort of nightmare. It'd be difficult to see somebody and then and not know who they are and then run into them later in, in waking everyday life and, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then encounter them. That's Very pretty true. compelling. You yeah. can't talk that away. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that has to be tucked away. We have Kathleen Martin and Denise Stoner, who wrote a book called The Alien Abduction Files. The most startling cases of human-alien contact ever reported. We'll be asking your questions, listeners, as well. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Introducing a 30-day emergency food supply for only $99. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can purchase Oregon Trail Foods one-month supply of high-quality, nutritious, and healthy emergency meals for less than $100. These vegetarian meals are all-natural, non-GMO, high in carbs and protein, and are packed with oxygen absorbers in Mylar pouches. They take up to 70% less space than number 10 cans, have a 20-year shelf life, and huge portions, over twice the serving size of some competitors' meals. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying direct from producers in Oregon and then pass the savings on to you. Purchase a 30-day, 90-serving emergency food supply for only $99 this month and $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Call 541-673-6666 or visit 30dayfoodsupply.com where they make preparedness affordable. 30dayfoodsupply.com. Got it? Get it. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Denise Stoner, Kathleen Martin. The book is called The Alien Abduction Files with Gene and Chris in the Paracast. Denise, the experience involving your husband. Tell us more. Well, uh, we both lived for almost 20 years in Colorado, just outside Denver in a town called Arvada. And we also had a older mobile home up on a ranch. 
in a town called Buena Vista, and so did my parents, and they lived in Colorado Springs. It didn't take them as long to get there as it did us. So we would leave on a Friday as early as we could possibly get off work to get there and spend a two to a three-day weekend up there, way out in the middle of nowhere with no phones, and it was on the Arkansas River, catch fresh trout for breakfast and just really enjoy ourselves. So this uh, one day in August 1982... We were packing the car at 5 a.m. We were to meet my parents up there. My mom was cooking dinner to have it ready by around 8 o'clock for us. And we were always, always on time so my parents wouldn't worry. So we left town, had a little bit of traffic at first. Once we got up to an area called Kenosha Pass, it was a mountain pass. We were looking down from the top of that pass over a glacier valley, and sitting up on top of the pass, we got out of the car, stretched for about five minutes, went on down to the bottom through a little town called Jefferson. Everything was lit up by sunlight, so it was daylight. And I was watching two lights off in the distance in the high desert valley, and they kept getting closer and closer to us as we passed through the town of Jefferson. I saw the lights come over the top of the car, looked at my husband, and we'd been talking. He was no longer responding. I felt the tires scraping on the side of the road, and my husband did recall this too. He had set the odometer because we were concerned about gas mileage to make sure that this newer car was operating properly. And the car went up over some snow barriers, wooden snow barriers, off into the desert. I felt it coming to a stop and coming down to the floor of the desert. And the next thing I realized, we were all the way across that desert valley. And we had landed on Trout Creek Pass, and it was pitch dark, and the headlights were turned on. We had not turned them on, and it was 11 o'clock at night. And we would have arrived in Buena Vista at 8 o'clock, approximately. Wow, interesting. You know, I did uh, about 13 years of investigation in the San Luis Valley, just just south of there. Um, Mm -hmm. And also some cases uh, from South Park, which is the area that you're referring to. Uh, Very interesting cases uh, around Kenosha Pass, Jefferson, Mm -hmm. down into Fair Play. Um, yes. And then over to the east, over by the reservoirs uh, between Pikes Peak and, and South Park. That's a very interesting area. Uh, quite Isn't a it? number of, of cattle mutilation cases were reported there in the early 90s. That mm-hmm. is a hotbed of activity there. Did you ever contact any of the county officials there in Park County? Or uh, did you ever do any sort of follow-up in the area there uh, to maybe ascertain the level of activity that was going on there? I was not really investigating at the time. All we did was panic. I was afraid. My husband was afraid, disoriented, very fearful. We looked at the odometer. It had not changed or moved from the time we were at the top of Kenosha to the top of Trout Creek Pass. Had not moved. We decided we'd better get going. That's a good 30 miles. Oh, gosh, yes. 40 miles. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So we moved on into Buena Vista, which is about seven to nine miles further off of Trout Creek. Our odometer began to work just fine. 
the headlights were on. We didn't turn them on. And we moved on. Our daughter was asleep in the back seat. A little dog was sound asleep. Moved in, and as we approached the ranch property, my parents and family friend had walked from their mobile home down to the ranch house. They were going to wake up the caretaker and ask to use the phone, the only phone there, to call hospital, police, and look for us. My dad was going to get in the car and drive the route to try and find us. Just as we pulled in, and of course, they said, where have you been? And we just looked at them and said, we don't know. We have no idea. My dad could tell that we're really kind of shaken up, and he he worked in aerospace himself. So didn't our family friend. So they really, after a few minutes, let it go. My mom never would. She would keep at it until I gave her an answer. <laughs> That's just the way <laughs> like my mom was. Like to had, do. Yeah, had to know. Wanted to know what I'd been up to. <laughs> there had to be an answer. So there never was until I began to f- have some odd dreams, flashes of memory of something that had been done to me physically, odd faces, and started to think about the fact that perhaps we had been abducted. Now, when you were abducted, undergoing this experience, the beings you saw, these were greys? yes. Okay. Did they perform any physical experiments on you? Yes, absolutely. Did you ever encounter any evidence of some sort of implant? Oh, yes, several times. Matter of fact, up to fairly recently when uh, Kathleen helped me to track one that was in my elbow and it traveled down my arm and down into my hand and then disappeared. Disappeared. In other words, this was nothing that could be, as they say, removed. No, because it was gone before we could do anything about it. You are aware of the research of Dr. Roger Lear, who's reportedly oh, yes. recovered this stuff. Oh, yes. Have you been in mm-hmm. touch with him at all about any of the experiences that you've investigated? I have not. Not as far as, well, not as far as myself, and I have not had anyone that was willing to step forward and, and talk to him. If we had caught this one and it didn't look like it was going to go anywhere, I wouldn't have minded talking to him. But uh, Kathleen and I were tracking this in my arm, and it just, it just disappeared, and it, it moved during a period of five to six days. But I'm confused. How did you know it was there in the first place? And then how, did you, how were you able to track it? I felt it. It was just under the skin. I and could I palpitate asked her, it. Yeah. Yes, it was about the size of a baby. Okay, well, did you try an x-ray to see if you could see something? No, I did not. It's kind of hard to ask someone to do an x-ray. I didn't know what my doctors would say, and that we just kept following it with our fingers, and there was really no reason for something to show up like that and keep moving down my arm to, to my hand like that. Um, and no, I did not. I don't know what, what I would have been told. Kathleen, have you ever done any studies of these implants? Well, I've uh, certainly read Roger Lear's books, listened to his lectures, spoken to him, and spoken to Steve Colburn. So I know the information that they've provided. And one of the experiencers that I work with, whose case I've been investigating over the past several years, uh, did have an implant removed and uh, sent it onto Daryl Sims uh, to be evaluated at one point uh, and never... Uh, received information back about what had happened to it. Did he follow up? Or she follow um, up? 
Yes, but I guess Daryl doesn't uh, put the names of people onto his files, and he must have hundreds of these from his statement. I attempted to follow up with him as well, and so he wasn't able to to find it uh, um, in his files because the person's identity had been hidden, apparently. That doesn't make it easy. No, and I have two implants also. I have them, and I collected them, and they're both from individuals that are retired Coast Guard, and I'm afraid to do anything like that with them because I promised these people I would not lose them and pass them from my hand to someone else's and back again the same way. But how do you investigate them if you don't have them subjected to some sort of scientific analysis? That's right. I, and it's it's very, very difficult to do. How do I find someone willing to do that, drop them in the mail and have them lost? And just like Kathleen just said, you never hear anything. Uh, as far as results, what do we do? The dilemma, we'll go into more of this. What about alien implants? Where do you send them to? Dr. Lear, do you just fly it down? Maybe that's one way. Hand it to him or someone else personally. Our guests are Denise Stoner, Kathleen Martin. The book is The Alien Abduction Files, subtitled The Most Startling Cases of Human-Alien Contact Ever Reported. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources Gold and Silver. Don't be surprised when the global elite confiscates money from your bank account one day. They have already very clearly telling you that they're going to do it. With what just happened in Cyprus serving as a blueprint for future bank bailouts, if you are concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130, and I will send you a booklet with 10 reasons why gold and silver could be right for you. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the next bank bailout hits. Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. 
9th Annual Health Freedom Expo returns June 7th through June 9th at the Schaumburg Convention Center in Schaumburg, Illinois, featuring over 75 world-renowned doctors, activists, and experts. Meet Dr. Joel Wallach, author of Dead Doctors Don't Lie, actress and activist Daryl Hannah, famed Dr. Patch Adams, women's health expert Dr. Joan Borisenko, GMO activist Jeffrey Smith, and renowned natural health doctor Dr. Joseph Mercola. Sample delicious, healthy foods. Watch award-winning documentaries. Attend exciting panel discussions. Discover the latest natural health products. And be sure to check out the Expo Hall, filled with 200 exhibitors. Don't forget about the new interactive pavilions and receive free screenings. It's all here under one roof for only $20 a day or $45 for the entire three-day weekend. It costs less than a doctor's visit. But hurry, tickets are going fast. For tickets and info, visit healthfreedomexpo.com or call 888-658-3972. The Health Freedom Expo, your one source for total natural health solutions. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Startling cases of human-alien contact ever reported. Well, I get into that. We have Denise Stoner and Kathleen Martin with Gene and Chris. Kathleen. Among all the abduction cases that are in your book, if I said, Kathleen, give me a textbook case of alien abduction with the best evidence possible, what case would you cite? That is, in my opinion, the case of Denise and Ed Stoner. Their 1982 abduction and missing time event in South Park in Colorado. While they were on vacation, They were witnesses. Their 14-year-old daughter was with them. Denise's family was waiting on the other end. They had dinner ready for them, and then they had this extraordinary event. They had a close encounter with a UFO, and as if only a moment had passed, they found themselves down the road, 40 miles, on the other side of South Park, on Trout Creek Pass, It had been daylight when they had the UFO sighting, and when they found themselves on Trout Creek Pass, it was 11 o'clock at night. They were missing three hours' time. They were startled. They were having some problems with this over the years. Denise originally um, went to a hypnotist in Denver, Colorado, and he worked with her. She came to me 
after we had met here in Florida and eventually told me confidentially that she was an experiencer. And I kept that information confidential for quite a period of time. Uh, she told me that she had not been able to uh, retrieve any of the files that she had with this hypnotist who was now deceased and had very little memory about what had happened uh, while during the abduction itself. So I offered to assist her in facilitating her memory again about these events and eventually also worked with her husband, Ed. And I wanted to just say that when I use hypnotic regression, I realize that I have to safeguard against the possibility that a hypnotized person might construct false memories where no real memories exist. That's one of the key arguments a skeptic will address or will talk about. They say, you know, they're just feeding them the information, they're not professionals, and they're causing people to remember things that really didn't happen. How do you take precautions? What kind of precautions can you take? Okay. I prefer to use forensic hypnosis. Mm -hmm. It's widely used by police departments, which requires the use of carefully worded questions that discourage the construction of false information. Forensic hypnosis gained notoriety in 1976 when a California bus driver and 27 of his students on the bus were kidnapped and buried alive. The driver escaped and led the police back to the children uh, who were released to their parents. The bus driver then underwent forensic hypnosis and remembered the license plate number on the kidnapper's van. And this led to the arrest and successful prosecution of the criminals. So that's the kind of hypnosis that I use. I don't ask leading questions. In fact, I ask very few questions. Mostly what I do is only repeat what the experiencer has just stated as they're telling in detail everything that they can remember. And I always caution them not to fill in uh, anything with anything that is not true in their own mind. So I want the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Let me just add a question here about that, though. Have there been surveys done of this kind of forensic hypnosis to see what percentage of accuracy is achieved in recalling these memories? I'm not aware of surveys that have been done, but I can tell you that it was the only type of hypnosis that used to be permitted uh, as evidence in a court of law. And Yes, and I can tell you what it causes a person to do because I'm familiar with hypnosis also and I am a certified hypnotist and I took that course also that I'm certified in as far as forensic regression. What it causes a person to do is when she, when she would say to me, what do you see or where are you, causes you in your mind to look around and if you don't see anything there, you have nothing to say. But if you do see something, you can begin to describe it and talk about it. But she's given you no clues at all and no suggestions. And let me state that I had both Ed and Denise uh, as witnesses. I hypnotized them separately. I hypnotized Denise first, and uh, she had amnesia 
for uh, her statement, for the information that I wanted from Ed. And uh, I'd like to just read to you, if I can, Ed's statement uh, about what he recalled. Um, he said, as he was driving, Denise was drawing his attention to a house under construction on the side of the road. At this is the instant that Denise states that she was actually pointing out lights rapidly approaching the car. Suddenly, he becomes disoriented and senses that his car has stopped, but he feels momentum and sees swirling dust-like particles surrounding his car as if he's in a vortex. He hears a high-pitched, pulsing whine and feels weightlessness as if he's detached from his body. He's paralyzed, and his head is full of random, spinning, analyzing thoughts. He finds himself in a new environment and sees a smooth, dull, reflective, domed ceiling overhead. This description is similar to Denise's description of the examining room on the craft. He is now only sensing a feeling of detachment and waiting for an extended period of time. He doesn't know where Denise and his daughter are. Finally, he hears a frequency in a tenor range, and that reminds him of loud tinnitus. There's a heavy pulsation and he feels frightened and cold. His weight returns. He finds himself clinging to his steering wheel. Uh, it is suddenly dark outside, and he is freezing. His headlights are on, but he hasn't turned them on. He realizes that he is halfway up Trout Creek Pass. It is nearly 11 p.m., and Denise is, quote, freaking out, close quote. They stop for a few minutes to gather their thoughts and attempt to discern what has happened to them? Neither could explain it. So that's from his statement. And that is what he recovered under hypnosis. And he asked me specifically not to probe any deeper than uh, if he was abducted. He did not want to know what had occurred. Didn't so want the nasty as, details. That is correct. So that it is, is as far um, as I probed with Ed. Now, has he had any further experiences after this? Yes, he did. There was another missing time event in 1991, and he was with Denise when that occurred. We'll ask about that event in a moment. The book is called The Alien Abduction Files from Denise Stoner and Kathleen Martin. More to come with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. <laughs> Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You can save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All renovation teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order renovation teas at renovationtea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation teas. Renovate your health one bag at a time. It's time to get real. It's time to prepare. Economic collapse, social unrest, natural disasters, government takeover, UN takeover. Are you ready? 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 Get ready at the Social Prepper Trade Show in Dalton, Georgia, June 6th, 7th, and 8th. Three massive days to learn self-reliance and emergency preparedness. Exhibitors ranging from survival, solar, power, food, protection, guns, ammo, disaster preparation products, hunting, and much more. Seminars by Dr. Wallach, Robert Henry, Raymond Blake Hogshead, Trish Deer, Sandy Hall, Rick Austin, Survivor Jane, and more of our nation's experts on survival and preparedness. Don't miss the Social Prepper. Trade Show, June 6th through 8th, Dalton, Georgia. For discount tickets, prize raffle, and info, go to socialprepper.com. Enter code GCN for 50% online ticket discount purchase. The Social Prepper Trade Show, presented in part by GCN. (coughs) Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30-day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, we have Kathleen Harton and Denise Stoner. Denise, so you had this further experience, 1991, is it, with your yes. husband? Yes. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. 
same sort of experience or what? Uh, very similar, except this time we're in Florida. And this was early morning, and we were actually going to go scuba diving in the caves in the Florida aquifer. So we had gotten up and had breakfast and packed our gear, and we were driving. And the way you find your way around North Florida to look for these sinkholes, uh, we knew where we were going. We'd been there many times, and you just have to take a left at the farmer's fence or the farmer's barn or this field or that field, and that's how you find them because a lot of the cave divers don't want, uh, for the safety of others, to let on where these places are. Some of them have signs and some don't, but they're not readily noticeable uh, for, they're not great big national park signs and things like that. So we were headed out and I noticed the back of a farmer's barn in a small field and pointed out these objects that were kind of different from any crafts or, or UFOs or anything like that that we'd seen before because we'd had a few sightings. It was broad daylight, early morning, sun was bright, and they were very oddly shaped. To me, they were they were almost wanting to be a diamond shape, except they had a flat base. The ones I saw were kind of covered or kind of covered with something, but you could see through it. And I pointed them out to him. He looked over, but before we had an opportunity to comment on them, we found ourselves on another road. We didn't know where we were, and we had to begin to figure out not being that familiar with the area because we hadn't lived there, and we always went from the exact same motel that we always stayed in to point A, B, or C, depending on which sinkhole we wanted to dive in. So where were we? How did we get back to where we were going? There were no GPS systems back then that were used in our cars. And so we were quite a distance from where we wanted to be, had to figure it all out and go back. And I had been abducted, and this time... We knew we didn't want to talk about it. I, we just said it happened again, didn't it? We agreed that it had. And when I discovered what I had seen, that there had been some procedure done, Ed was willing to take a look. Kathleen helped him with it, and he was able to see an entity, a gray, put me back in the truck, except it didn't look like the majority of them. There were some differences, and Kathleen would have to explain that to you. Yes, I'd be happy to do that. Sure. It was interesting to me that that Ed and Denise found themselves 28 miles away from the location that they had been only a moment before. And I went up to this area, to Branford, Florida. I did an investigation. I drove around. The first thing that always came to my mind is, since this happened in the morning, were they tired? Did they take the wrong turn accidentally? Uh, I found out that they couldn't possibly have. Ed keeps very, very good notes. He had a log of that uh, from that day from that dive. He's very, very detailed. So he could tell me that it occurred on Sunday, October 20th, 1991, um, that it was the 23rd dive uh, that year in that location. And he had even noted lost time in his log from that day. So uh, I did hypnotize him again. And he said that suddenly everything 
became dark, and he sensed that he was in a vacuum. It was completely quiet. He found himself in an unfamiliar location, still in his truck, and Denise was no longer in the passenger seat. He shook his head, and he seemed bewildered, stating that um, something is not right, that it was dark, and it shouldn't have been dark. He began to hyperventilate under hypnosis and said, how could we get there? How could we get here? This just isn't right. Uh, he then uttered a whoosh sound, indicating uh, wonderment and surprise. Uh, he said that he saw the passenger door open and a tall, thin figure, approximately six feet tall, with Denise in its long, skinny arms. It leaned down and literally dropped Denise onto the seat. The greenish-gray, non-human entity looked up at Ed. The eyes, he said, were actually paler than the skin, and the entire being had an opaque appearance, as if it was clothed in a full-body suit. There was no mouth to speak of and no nose. The head was not large or bulbous like a typical gray. The entity closed the door, and Ed became fully aware of the surroundings. His arms were tingly, and he was frightened and hyperventilating. He realized that it was late and found that he was no longer on the road that he'd been traveling on. He attempted to identify the location, and then he saw a sign indicating Interstate 75 and Lake City were ahead. They were a full 28 miles from their previous location, and it seemed as if only a moment had passed. And Ed actually drew a sketch of the entity that he recalled as he was putting Denise back into the vehicle, and it is in our book. Quite interesting that his description was not the typical gray, was not the typical insectoid, that it was different, but it was identical to Denise's description. Just a left field question, Kathleen. Are you aware of the viewpoints about abductions expressed by people like Jerome Clark? I've read Jerry Clark's work. Um, can you refresh my well, memory? Well, he's basically saying here that it is an experience or a set of experiences, but he doesn't relate them necessarily to the UFO enigma, if you get my point. That people are having unusual experiences, unusual encounters, and maybe they're not quite what you think they are. Oh, okay. I've, I've discussed this many, many times and have considered this as well, and perhaps this is true in some cases, but it is certainly not the case in uh, Ed and Denise Stoner's report where they have observed UFOs. They have observed in both cases, uh, both in Colorado and in Florida, observing and being up close to uh, these very strange objects and then having a missing time event and Denise remembering procedures that were performed on this craft. This was physical in my investigation, I can only state that to the very best of my knowledge, it appears to have occurred. It appears to have been a real event, and it wasn't something that was an imaginary, and it wasn't something that was interdimensional. Denise certainly was not in bed when either of these experiences occurred. And I find this over and over again, just as we found in the case of my aunt and uncle, Betty and Barney Hill. Okay, you say not interdimensional. How would you know? How would you know where these beings come from? They're in structured craft. 
Does that okay. mean that you can't travel interdimensionally with structured craft then? How you do we assume know, uh, that? It is possible that they can do that by increasing their vibrational level so that they can maintain, they can achieve invisibility and travel uh, in that way, which you might say is interdimensional. What Aren't you I'm making an assumption, though? an astral plane, that these individuals appear not to be coming from an astral plane. They appear not to be coming into one's bedroom as a result of an out-of-body experience at night, that this appears to be physical. When they're here, they're in physical form. They're performing experiments on people. The craft is physical. It can be touched. It can be felt. It has a solid structure. The beings have a solid structure. And there are marks left on individuals' bodies. The implants have a solid structure. I am not speaking of interdimensional as some kind of astral plane, but simply what some might regard as a parallel universe. And scientists are talking more and more about the possibility of there being multiple universes. Maybe you get the connection there. We have Denise Stoner and Kathleen Martin. The book is called The Alien Abduction Files. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Survivalists. For you, being prepared is more than just a precaution. It's a way of life. And now it's time to gear up at the Prepare to Endure Expo. Coming to the Kern County Fairgrounds in Bakersfield, California, Saturday and Sunday, June 8th and 9th. Together with the Wounded Heroes Fund and 511 Tactical, listen to nationally known speakers like Tim Ralston from Nat Geo's Doomsday Preppers and the survival mom, Lisa Bedford. Take a survival class and learn skills that can save a life and last forever. Check out the latest and greatest products at the Longevity booth and shop for deeply discounted survival gear and preparedness items from over 60 vendors visit preparetoendure.com active military and kids 16 and under are free and your ticket is good for both days if you and your family attend one event this year this should be it survival favors the prepared and the prepare to endure expo will entertain and educate everyone in your family saturday and sunday june 8th and 9th at the kern county fairgrounds in bakersfield california prepare to endure.com 
American gardeners and fellow patriots make the right choice with your money, time, and your family food supply. Choose 100% pure heirloom seeds in the Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com. Why spend more? The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com is only $37.95 and includes 20 varieties of pure, hardy, easy-to-grow heirloom seeds. Yes, only $37.95. That's 70% less than our competitors. You could buy three Survival Seed Vaults for less than one of theirs. The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com includes detailed planting and seed saving instructions and ship same day plus all orders over $49 ship free mypatriotsupply.com is american owned by patriots like you passionate about freedom and preparedness call now 866-229-0927 that's 866-229-0927 or discover more emergency preparedness items when you order at mypatriotsupply.com choose the original choose the survival seed vault at mypatriotsupply.com The government's Department of Homeland Security is buying up loads of ammo. At the same time, they're restricting civilians' rights to own and purchase firearms. Can you put two and two together? Infidel Body Armor can stop every round, including hollow points and 308 sniper rounds. Is reasonably priced and fully legal. But for how long? Go to InfidelBodyArmor.com, spelled I-N-F-I-D-E-L, BodyArmor.com. Infidel Body Armor just won't quit. We the people grow cotton, we fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. So what I was alluding to, Kathleen Martin, co-author of The Alien Abduction Files with Gene and Chris and the Paracast, not of an astral plane or a higher vibratory rate or any of that stuff. When I say interdimensional, I mean, well, you travel from one physical place to another, but it's not through space, but maybe through time, maybe to a parallel universe. Okay, so when you say it's not interdimensional, maybe we have to define our terms. Yes. Um, What I can say about that is I have spoken to some theoretical physicists about this, and I, I really am not sure. We have to keep our minds open to this. According to uh, the the work that was done on my Aunt Betty Hill's star map, uh, it appears that uh, these beings came from perhaps Zeta Reticuli, if that work is accurate today. So uh, to say that it comes from a parallel universe, I can't say that in that particular case, because it appears to come from someplace in our own galaxy. I am familiar with the theory of uh, parallel universe, too. And, you know, perhaps it's a possibility for some of these entities. You know, I I have a comment here. Uh, I'm sorry to uh, interrupt here, but, you know, that's we're looking at these things and taking the information that sometimes is imparted by these beings at face value. My latest book uh, is called Stalking the Tricksters. And as we know, there is a, a certain 
uh, tricksterish element to a lot of these types of, of uh, events. And oftentimes it's, it's difficult not to take some of the assertions by these beings uh, at, at face value. Uh, how do we know they're not tricking us and trying to, to make it seem like uh, they're coming from some other star system? Uh, what, why, do, why do we trust what they tell us, in, in other words? Uh, you know, there's, there's just a certain, there's a certain amount of, of wiggle room here, uh, at least in my estimation. I, I, I would have a hard time believing any of these uh, beings at, at, uh, at their word. Uh, what do you think of that? Well, I think that if we can't believe anything, and we can't trust our own eyes, and we can't trust that anything that anyone says is true, and we can't trust hypnosis, and we can't trust our own research, what can we trust and why even engage in any of this? It makes no sense to me. Um, well, I'm, not, some I'm people... not saying that we should not trust our own experiences in terms of, of whether they were real or not. Um, obviously, you know, I'm an experiencer. I had a very up-close and personal encounter when I was seven years old. And I'm, to this day, I mean, that event happened to me. I was, I was actually followed around my neighborhood uh, at three in the morning. And, and it changed my life. And it, it was a very real experience. And I don't care what anybody says. I know it was. I even ex- devised an experiment in the middle of it to try to ascertain what these beings were. What I'm suggesting is oftentimes these things cannot be taken, I think, at face value. Um, you know, when they impart information to us, how do we know this isn't some sort of programming or some sort of, of agenda? that uh, involves misinformation. Let me give you an example uh, and a complaint that many of the experiencers who participated in our study made is that the ETs, for example, uh, told them that they meant no harm. They uh, said that they loved them, that they were part of their family. And they, and the, many of these experiencers felt that they might be lying to them in order to control their behavior. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's a possibility. And some people do trust their statements and other people don't. I can't state definitively whether they're lying or not. It is all a matter of an individual's perception. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we can only go on our, on our gut feelings about a lot of things that happen to us in our lives that, that are inexplicable or difficult to assimilate. Um, Denise, when did you decide to come forward with this, um, this pattern of events that has occurred to you uh, in your life? What prompted you to come forward, and who did you first contact? Well, I've, I had tested it just a little bit at my support group meetings because nothing had ever leaked at any of those meetings. I've always asked for respect when we told each other a little bit about ourselves and everybody shared. And I had mentioned a little bit about some of the things that had happened to me at those types of meetings. And when I spoke a couple of times, I did it in a little bit of not, not humorous, but not quite so serious manner and people really didn't grasp onto what I was saying. They didn't ask the right questions. So I thought, okay, I'm dropping it. 
I'm not getting any reaction at all. I don't know what they're thinking, so that's the end of it. Then, when I retired from the federal government after 20-plus years, and my husband had retired, and my dad was gone, and most of my family had passed on, and my mom was fine with what I wanted to do, I talked to Kathleen, she talked to me, and we didn't decide just based on one talk. And the publisher was asking that someone come out in order to publish this book. We needed to use a real name. So we went back and forth and talked about all the ramifications of doing this and finally decided, okay, I'm just going to go for it. Whatever happens, happens. What's the big deal? I don't have to worry about a job and and all these variety of things. Yeah, so we did it. Uh, so what what time frame was this? When when did you actually come be, uh, go public uh, with this information? When we put the book out. Okay, so this this is recently. Then we're talking yes. just within yes. the last year okay. or so. Yes. So you've just been living with it all these years, and now you made the decision. Now that you've done it, you've gone and done it. Did your friends know about this up till now, or what? Some did, some did not. I have a couple of people that have no idea, and they have ordered the book, so they are now finding out. <laughs> so you're someone they never expected to meet. What about your daughter? Um, she's fine with everything. She's just a really easygoing type person, and I because she is mildly handicapped she's worked for 20 plus years with a variety of people and none of her friends are going to question her about any of this i just know that and she would take it so easy and off the cuff type thing that i'm not worried about her at all any other members of your family who just learned about it or were they part of it they were not a part of it I have, I'm the oldest of 13 cousins, there are 12 of us left, and uh, my aunts and uncles are all gone, with the exception of one uncle, he's quite elderly, he was a scout for the Dodgers baseball team. I do not know if he'll read this or not, and if he does, he'll probably just kind of chuckle and say, okay, if that's what you say, that's the way he is. (laughs) As far as the media... Newspapers, TV, radio stations, you're getting a lot of response? Nothing that I can see. I, it's very quiet, which is a little bit mysterious. So we're waiting for the next, uh, I don't know if you want to call it bomb to drop or comments or whatever. We've had nothing negative, not so far. So you're either waiting for the acts to fall or mm-hmm. or just a calm response that people will take it in a stride mm-hmm. I, yeah i'd like for people to take it and ask questions if you if you have to know something you want to know something you question something ask the source ask kathleen ask myself find out what we had gone through because there are so many little aspects of this thing that could not be put in the book and so many of the other portions of the book the same thing for instance you can have flashbacks uh, about things that have happened to you uh, i i have trouble in an mri machine because it, the sound reminds me of something about, about the craft i went into an mri machine and the two texts standing at the end of it immediately morphed into these characters these ets an et and an insectoid we're now standing at the base of this mri machine and it just absolutely 
drove me bananas. I never let on what I was seeing and hearing, but I thought I was in the craft briefly. It's like having wow, a flashback. I, yes, and I realized that's what was happening to my mind, that it was a, another recall situation. Has that been happening every so often that suddenly you flash back to something that seemed to have happened during one of those abductions? That was the most vivid and I realized also it had something to do with that sound being so, so real. And perhaps because I was shown the core of one of the crafts and had a physical reaction to it, that that's probably why the MRI caused that to happen. With Gene and Chris, so much more to come. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton. We fabric engrave ink embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. If you love pineapple as much as I do, I've got some great news for you. You're going to love this offer from Freeze-Dry Guy. For the month of May, Freeze-Dry Guy is offering the finest quality freeze-dried pineapple, a case of six number 10 cans yielding 114 servings at a special introductory price. First quality freeze-dried pineapple grown and packed with nothing added. This healthy treat works wonders with salad, is great for snacking, hiking, hunting, camping, and for adding to your food storage program. And please note that Freeze-Dry Guy's foods will store on your shelf for decades. Order now and get free shipping to your front door within the lower 48 states. This special introductory price is good until May 31st. For more information and a free complete product list, go to freezedryguy.com or phone 866-404-3663. freezedryguy.com, 866-404-3663. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, we have Kathleen Martin and Denise Stoner, author of The Alien Abduction Files, The Most Startling Cases of Human-Alien Contact Ever Reported. Now, as we normally do on the Paracast... When we have enough warning about a guest's appearance, we give our listeners the opportunity to pose their questions at forum.theparacast.com, forum.theparacast.com, in a place called the Question Bank. We got lots of questions, some of which we've dealt with already, 
But Chris, you want to start reading the rest. I, I want to get this one out of the way. This comes from our friendly skeptic, Angelo. I think both Denise and Kathleen will agree that this is an example of skeptical uh, inquiries into this subject being uh, a little bit ill-informed. Questions, he says, what's the evidence showing that these abductions are not psychological in nature? I've had plenty of night terrors and sleep paralysis episodes, but because I am aware of that, I know it isn't an alien abduction. What's to say that if these abductees were educated on sleep issues, they would not be thinking they were being abducted by aliens? Now, obviously, with these missing time cases that uh, fascinating that Denise and her husband uh, shared, that Denise has had, they were driving, there was no sleep uh, paralysis going on during these cases. Uh, in fact, the one case uh, that you described in the 80s happened in a very hot spot area where there have been numerous reports over the years of unusual events and sightings, even uh, these types of visitations. So I want to kind of look at Angelo's question as more of a question about how you deal with people that are absolutely disbelievers. They say that this is all, this all can be explained. Uh, that this is all just uh, mundane things that are happening, that people are misinterpreting. What, what is your comeback to someone like that? Well, briefly, before uh, Kathleen makes her statement, I had nothing to do with sleep, of course. Daylight hours, sun was shining across the valley. I knew nothing at that time of any other episodes in that valley or crafts being sighted. I wasn't paying any attention to it at the time. I was going to meet parents and friends and so we had other witnesses. Those are some big things as far as evidence. And then having flashes of faces and things that I knew were in my mind and I needed to put all the pieces together. My husband being there with me, that's something else. People want to stick to the sleep thing, the sleep paralysis and this and that. And they just will not budge off that topic. Kathleen? Yes, I would like to say that the first thing I do when anyone makes a report to me, especially if they were in bed when this occurred, is to have them go to my website at Kathleen-Marden.com and read the article that I ha have there on sleep paralysis to assess whether or not this could possibly be an explanation for what has occurred to them. But as I stated earlier, 88% of those who participated in our study stated that they had conscious recall of having this event. And then the next thing that might occur would be a skeptic might say, well, are these people fantasy prone? But I would refer people to the psychological studies that have been done on abduction experiencers that have indicated that those who meet the criteria for having experienced a real abduction are no more fantasy prone than the general population. These people are just normal people. They don't have a psychological disorder. They don't have a sleep disorder. They're often awake when this happens. People should just stop hiding their heads in the sand and, and open their eyes and absorb the information that has come from all of these studies. Very good points that uh, both of you are making. Uh, another couple of questions that are kind of along, along those same lines. I'm going to ask them both together. The first one is from the JC Band, who's been is one of our newest additions to the forum family at forum.theparacast.com. The other is from uh, another uh, fairly recent uh, addition to our forum family, Tom1961. 
to echo Angel's question a little bit, what fraction of cases do you believe actually are sleep paralysis episodes? And is there any easy way to differentiate between those cases and the ones that may be genuine? And the follow-up question from Tom is, I would like to ask if they believe everyone they interview. Don't you ever think some people are just making this all up? Well, I have to say that Denise and I have both had training. This is FBI lie detector training so that we can, if we're face-to-face with an individual, determine whether or not they're lying, they're hoaxing, they're making it up. Um, you know, so certainly that is the reason that I take several years for any investigation that I, I do that I will accept. I'm looking for evidence uh, that this is real. And certainly, you know, maybe a percentage is experiencing sleep paralysis, but people need to explore this on their own. They need to take part in their own investigation of their experiences. Who else can do it better than those who are experiencing it as long as they have the tools in which to do it? Okay, someone has an experience that may or may not be abduction related. What do they do? What steps do they take? Whom do they contact? It really depends upon what they want from this. Do they want an investigation? They want a group of investigators to come out and try to collect evidence and interview them and then write a report and take the evidence for analysis and then just leave them? Or are they looking for a support group? Do they want to explore this on their own and study this on their own? If they want to do that, then they should go to someone like Denise, who has a support group, or to Starborn Support or any of another of other support groups that are around the country. So, you know, maybe a lot of people don't want a formal investigation. And I would recommend going one way or the other or a combination of both. What about you, Denise? I completely agree with Kathleen. And and barring nothing else, you can contact me. I have markers that I go by telling me whether or not this person has possibly had an abduction. If they want to ask certain questions, I can help them muddle through this. I will ask them to keep a journal. I will ask them to keep a camera by their bed. I will ask them to do all sorts of homework because I can't do it for them. They're going to have to help me. And we will come out at the other end with some sort of answer as to whether or not they might be an abductee. So that's as a last resort. They should contact me, and I will help them with this with lots of homework on their part. I want to say that most people are not looking for publicity. They want to have their identities protected. Yes. They're just curious. Uh, they're trying to obtain this kind of information for their own sense of, of well-being and to meet their own curiosity. And they're also looking for support oftentimes. And the only place where they can find that kind of support is from other people that are having the same kind of experience. And it's very, very important for people to be able to feel emotionally healthy and to have support from others. I think part of the problem is, Kathleen and Denise, is that there are some elements of UFO research, we won't mention names, that are less than credible, less than responsible, 
and less than capable of analyzing, which is something that's so complex as abductions. So anyone to avoid or any types of categories of people to avoid so they don't get mixed up with the wrong people and get stuck in something that may help enrich somebody else, give them more bragging rights, but won't necessarily help you. I think one thing they can do is if they find someone they think they would like to work with is ask them how much experience they've had working strictly with abductees, ask the proper questions just like you would if you were searching for a new physician. That's number one thing. And then you could ask either one of us or you could you could report through MUFON, Mutual UFO Network, and there are all different ways to go about this. If you need to carry it further, you can ask if, if there are any recommendations for people that you can go and see where are the support groups, who would recommend them and why, who's been to them, and, and just take it slowly and, and go from there. All right, we have Kathleen Martin and Denise Stoner. You're with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO.com at webtv.net that's mr ufo at webtv.net find out what they don't want you to know Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. What's safer and cheaper than prescription drugs? Glad you asked. The answer is Renovation Teas. Herbal remedies are much safer and much cheaper than prescription drugs. Taste great, and most importantly, herbal teas are effective and non-addictive. Renovation Tea is especially unique, and here's why. We spent years researching herbs and their beneficial properties. 
Renovation Teas uses only 100% organic, fair trade herbs. Our teas are blended towards specific ailments and health conditions, such as diabetes, blood pressure, anxiety, libido, detox, and much more. All Renovation Teas are formulated and hand-filled in Arkansas. Take care of yourself naturally, the way Mother Nature intended. Order Renovation Teas at RenovationTea.com or call 870-784-3121. That's 870-784-3121. Renovation Teas. Renovate your health one bag at a time. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP as slim as possible. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So the question is, of course, choosing someone to contact in case you think that you might have had an abduction or someone you know. And we have Kathleen Martin and Denise Stoner with us. Kathleen, you had a comment about that? Well, I agree with Denise's statements. I think that she's given very good advice. I also want to state that as part of my work with the Mutual UFO Network, I'm the director of abduction research, uh, we are just now forming a vetting process for individuals who uh, have support groups. And they can come to us if they would like referrals. Uh, and they, uh, we would have to vet their credentials and what, how they work with experiencers. And if the team from MUFON decides that this is something that we would consider to be healthy and professional, then uh, we could refer individuals to them. But for the most part, at the present time, you should do what Denise said and think of this individual or this group in the same way that you would vet the credentials of your physician, for example. How widespread are UFO abductions? We've had some people claim maybe millions of people around the world have been abducted. Kathleen? Well, certainly those claims have been made. I was startled to find that after Denise and I had very widely advertised our study uh, across the United States and as far away as Australia in magazine articles, on radio shows, uh, and at conferences, on Internet sites, that it took us an entire year to receive 50 responses. So uh, perhaps it's not as widespread as we might think. 
That's true. And I am working on, along with Kathleen, a brand new study. And we are hoping to find that we are going to have way, way more in the way of responses to this next one and perhaps have different results this next time. Yeah, and I I have a little uh, something to add on that. Out of 13 years of actively investigating one of the hottest UFO hotspots in the country, and uh, just south of where, uh, Denise, your experience was in the San Luis Valley, out of the thousands of interviews that I did, um, hundreds and hundreds of reports, I only had four claims of abductions, and the two that I felt were legitimate, two of them I didn't feel were legitimate. I felt there were some personal <laughs> issues going on there with <laughs> possible sanity uh, <laughs> questions. But the other two that I felt were legitimate, and I did uh, quite a bit of follow-up work with these two individuals, I found out about them from family members who said that you should talk to them because they really could use somebody to talk to. And it took some doing to even get them uh, to agree to meet with me. One of the referrals was actually from the sheriff's department uh, because of activity that had been seen around the ranch uh, and confidential uh, statements made to uh, the dispatcher of the county sheriff's uh, department. They were friends. So I agree. I don't think mm-hmm. that these are as pervasive as someone like a, a Bud Hopkins or a David Jacobs uh, who have made fairly outrageous claims in this regard in the past. I don't think they're as prevalent as, uh, as that. And uh, I think they're the exception, not the norm by any stretch. Chris, why do you think people like the late Bud Hopkins or Dr. David Jacobs made the claims that so many people are involved? Well, I, I don't really know. Uh, the only thing that I can say is once it, once you've gained a reputation in the field for this type of work, you're like a magnet. You tend to attract cases to you, which I think might skew your reality view, number one. Another thing that I find very interesting is specific abduction researchers once they reach a place where they feel that they've identified alien agendas, methodologies, they then begin to attract those types of cases to them. People know that they believe in this particular uh, negative, let's say, uh, abduction scenario, or in the case of a Leo Sprinkle or others, uh, positive abduction experiences, Barbara Lamb, then those people, those investigators and researchers tend to attract the kind of cases that that seem to dovetail with their particular conclusions. So I think it's just a matter of once you get so immersed in this uh, and and people are, are coming to you, it does have the appearance that there's a lot more activity going on than perhaps there is. You know, and I think a lot of it is based on what these uh, beings are telling people as well, um, allegedly. I, I think a lot of this is kind of based on the types of impressions that um, people are giving these investigators. Before we go back to more questions, Kathleen or Denise, either of you want to make a response? I agree with Chris. That's my assessment. Yes, I do too, because I know how many I have ongoing at the moment, and uh, it's not that many serious cases. Chris, let's move on with the questions, please. Okay, well, um, we do have a couple of questions um, about Betty and Barney, which I'll get to uh, in a moment. But first, here's a question from Polterwurst, who's been uh, a poster at forum.theparacast.com for almost three years. Do all abductees identify their abductors as being extraterrestrial? 
have there been any cases where the abductees said they saw something non-humanoid, um, something that didn't have a head on top of a torso, two arms and legs that were discernible as such? And if not, why do you think this should be so? Beings who evolved independently from us on another planet would probably look totally different from us and would have to protect themselves from our atmosphere. Uh, you rarely get reports. Uh, I'm adding a little addendum here. You rarely get reports of, of beings in sort of protective gear uh, with, with breathing apparatus or, or something to protect them or the abductees actually being put in, in some sort of safe uh, atmospheric environment. Um, what do you think? Uh, have you ever had like a jellyfish uh, abducting people or something that's not sort of, you know, our bipedal sort of, you know, two legs, two arms and a head? Well, someone once reported to me that they felt they'd been abducted by a giant bird. And I couldn't uh, imagine how uh, something without hands might have been able to develop the technology in which to uh, travel from out in space to to here. Uh, so that is the only uh, account that I've had of that sort of thing. It makes sense to me that uh, anyone, any species would have to have a head, would have to have hands, would have to have appendages. Um, and perhaps these ETs are not even of our own species. Maybe they're not mammals. Maybe they cannot ca uh, carry diseases to us or catch our diseases. Yeah, maybe they're bio-robots or something as well, um, which has been you know, proposed for the small alien gray types that have been reported. Um, there is a school of thought that suggests that perhaps these beings have been manufactured, they're clones or some sort of bio-bot or something like that. So, yeah, that was a good answer. I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, there has to be some sort of ability to manipulate objects, unless the bird had some sort of uh, apprehensile tongue or something. It could maybe a forked tongue that could work in concert with its itself. <laughs> It'd be kind of hard to control your spaceship with uh, with some wings. I'll tell you what, Chris. Uh, before our tongues get forked. <laughs> We have Denise Stoner and Kathleen Martin with Gene and Chris. There are no forked tongues here. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com 
What if you had a witness everywhere you drive? Now you can with VideoDashCam.com. From truckers to motorcyclists, the handy Video Dash Cam can be used for insurance claims, accidents, police encounters, road rage, or natural disasters. Has instant screen playback and optional night vision. Get the best quality, affordable HD Dash Cameras available at VideoDashCam.com. That's VideoDashCam.com. Or call 855-855-2022. Always have a witness with Video Dash Cam. We the people grow cotton. And weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Hey there, my name is Frank Bates. Do you know the number one most valuable item in a crisis? Some people think the answer is gold. Others think it's a gun. But the correct answer will shock you. I just created a free video at Crisis123.com that reveals a surprising item that is more valuable than gold in a crisis. 97% of Americans don't have this one critical item. In fact, they haven't even given it a thought. And the sad truth is that you may not survive without it when a real crisis hits and a starving mob is right outside your door. What I have to tell you could literally make the difference between life and death for you and your family. Watch my video at Crisis123.com to discover the number one most valuable item in a crisis. You'll be shocked. See the controversial video that thousands of other smart patriots have already seen in the last three months. Go watch my video now at Crisis123.com before they force me to shut it down. Again, that's Crisis123.com. Positive results from satisfied customers of Heart and Body Extract continue to pour into our website, HBExtract.com. This is Al from New Jersey. One day I saw your ad for Heart and Body Extract, and it mentioned that it would help me with angina, so I decided to order. I figure I had nothing to lose. Heart and Body Extract supplies your body with everything it needs to balance itself and maintain optimal heart and circulatory health with no negative side effects. I took the formula three times a day as directed, and I kid you not, within four days, my angina pain was completely gone. Order HB Extract by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. I could not believe it actually stopped the pain. Heart and Body Extract actually works. This is just an amazing product. Even the numbness in my hands is completely gone. Heart and Body Extract for a long and healthy life. Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, no more fork tongues. No more tongue forking or fork I, tongues. I, I've heard a lot of things, folks, but being abducted by a bird-like uh, entity, that's that's a new one on me. That's pretty interesting. We have Kathleen Martin and Denise Stoner joining us. The book is The Alien Abduction Files. And Chris has been asking loads of questions from our listeners. Yeah, and we have, uh, as you mentioned, Gene, we have answered a uh, number of the questions that have been proposed. But let's go on to some Betty and Barney questions, Kathleen. Um, okay. Th- this is from Stagger Lee. He's a longtime poster at forum.theparacast.com. And I have to wonder why a guy would name himself after a 1950s rock and roll song. 
<laughs> and have a Grateful Dead uh, steal this face logo as his avatar. Uh, <laughs> well, moving right along, uh, Stagger. You know, I love all these uh, avatars. Some of, We have a guy that calls himself uh, Yeti Turds for Sale. So Stagger Lee uh, is pretty mundane compared to that one. Uh, we wanted the guy with Yeti Turds for Sale to drop that. <laughs> Well, I, you know, this is news to me, if it's true. And I think, Kathleen, you might be able to give us a little bit of uh, insight on this. But he says, um, a review of the book on the website UFO Iconoclast follows a thread with some unusual comments from a couple of members there. Both women say they, too, have experienced missing time and were aboard an identical huge craft. I'm not sure how accurate that is. But here's an interesting one. He's, uh, he also puts in quotes that, Betty Hill eventually came to reject the extraterrestrial hypothesis as an explanation for her encounter. Anything to these claims? If so, can you elaborate? Nothing, nothing. Betty, in fact, Betty, I read that in a book about and went to my Aunt Betty. This was back in the 90s. I was really perplexed. It was even before I began my investigation of her case, so it must have been the 80s, actually. And she said, so many people have written so much false information yeah. about her case that it is ridiculous. And definitely, she never, ever rejected that. And I did read that online recently. Uh, it's completely false. Well, I know about false. I mean, they tell false stories about me and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Wacky if anyone stuff. wants the correct story about, an accurate story about Betty and Barney Hill, read Captured. The Betty and Barney Hill right. UFO Experience by Stanton Friedman and myself. Uh, and I agree. That would be news to me. One thing, though, that um, I'm looking for the question here. Um, it has to do with the actual description that uh, Betty and Barney had of these beings, that they didn't seem to conform to what is now most often reported, as we mentioned at the top of the show, of these uh, large-headed, small, spindly, gray-type aliens. Give us a kind of a, a thumbnail sketch for some of our newer listeners who may not be as familiar with uh, this very pivotal case as some this of us. This is something I addressed in my lectures uh, about Betty's and Barney's case. I do give, uh, in Barney's actual words, the description of these beings. And also in Captured, I have Betty's and Barney's description. But uh, the individuals that they saw who abducted them were gray-skinned. They had heads that were larger in proportion to their bodies than humans. They had uh, large eyes that reminded them of cat-like eyes, meaning that they probably had a vertical kind of pupil that uh, opened up and became very black as you looked at it. They did see a little bit of yellow around the uh, exterior edges of the eyes. They had, saw only nostrils for a nose. They observed a slit for a mouth. Both independently stated that they thought they had observed some kind of a membrane inside that mouth. Communication was telepathic. There was no external ear. There was no hair. They had a barrel-shaped uh, upper body. They had uh, spindly arms and legs. They walked with an odd gait. There were two groups aboard the craft. There were taller ones who were about four and a half to five feet tall. And then they observed one 
who was much, much shorter than that, maybe three and a half to four feet tall. And this one's head was round, perfectly round, and larger in proportion to its body than the taller ones that they observed. They were dressed in black, shiny uniforms that appeared to be like bodysuits. They, they were skin tight. Yeah, I've, I've heard mention that the uniforms reminded, uh, I think, Barney of some sort of German uh, army uniform. I, I'm not sure that's accurate. No, that's not accurate either. Uh, Barney described the, uh, the uniforms, and this is in the original letter that Betty wrote to Major Donald Kehoe on September 26, 1961, that they were dressed in shiny black uniforms. And then Barney, uh, in October of 1961, described to the NICAP investigator, Walter Webb, that they were dressed in shiny black uniforms, that they were somehow not human because he hadn't remembered all of the details about their facial features. And he stated that when they turned their heads, and this was from a distance, and he observed them through binoculars, he thought that he saw some kind of a, a brim maybe sticking out. And so that was what he stated. He said it was the precision of their movement that reminded him of military officers, um, that they all moved in unison. They appeared to be carrying out a plan. And he had served in the Army during World War II. Another statement I wanted to make is there's been a lot of confusion. Some people think that Barney observed Nazis on board the craft. That is also false. I want to explain that. Dr. Simon was a psychoanalyst and a psychiatrist. He used hypnoanalysis with Barney. So this is different than the kind of hypnosis we use today. And he instructed Barney, as he remembered this event every step of the way, starting uh, the day before this occurred, that he should tell Dr. Simon uh, what emotionally equivalent experience he had had in the past. So during this huge period of abreaction, when he was observing these beings on board the craft, they were clearly non-human, and he felt that he was going to be captured he wasn't able to move the way he wanted to move. He at first wasn't able to escape. He was being told to hold the binoculars up to his eyes and just keep looking. He thought he was going to be captured. He, at one point, thought that he was observing a Nazi, but he never said that at any other time. He stated and uh, that this was the emotional reaction that he was having, and it reminded him of his time during World War II and Nazi officers. So it wasn't a real event. It was his emotional oh, I see, and people have taken that out of context, obviously. Yes, then. they absolutely have. They haven't understood that, and that's why I'm explaining it now. You know, in the beginning, even when I wrote the book, yeah, so I think that it's very important for me at this point to explain that and, and clear up the confusion. Well, it's true. We can't even agree on what happened yesterday. I mean, if you look at political commentators, you look at different TV networks, newspapers, they have totally different reactions to events that happened yesterday. And you have to wonder, we now have a case that goes back to the 1960s. Well, it's understandable that 
sometimes people don't get it right. Yes, and some some people have their own agendas that they want to promote, and uh, if it seems to fit into that agenda, then they'll use it. Yeah, the skeptics sure know about that, boy. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's true. The book is called The Alien Abduction Files, The Most Startling Cases of Human-Alien Contact Ever Reported. If you want to comment about this or another episode... You can check us out on Twitter. We're known as the Paracast. Kathleen Martin, Denise Stoner, one more segment with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Your home alarm works after an intruder is inside your home, but real home security begins before intruders enter. Burglaries and home invasions are at an all-time high, and crime is skyrocketing in rural and suburban areas. 85% of break-ins are through a door, and police response is often greater than 20 minutes. You can't afford to wait that long. Stop burglars with police-tested and recommended Easy Armor from Armor Concepts. Easy Armor keeps intruders out. It's barely visible and installs easily. Easy Armor reinforces the door's weak points comes in three colors and is guaranteed to stop kick-ins get easy armor now and get peace of mind order by calling 888-58-ARMOR that's 888-582-7667 or go to easyarmor.net spelled e-z-a-r-m-o-r.net special offer only available to gcn listeners ask about it when you call for your easy armor today from armor concepts ultimate door security made easy Come to the Gluten-Free Expo at Ernie's Pub and Grill in Burnsville, Minnesota, Sunday, June 9th. We'll be giving away free samples of great gluten-free products. Vendors including Bob's Red Mill, Pamela's Products, Mary's Gone Crackers, and much more. Experience supplements from Dr. Wallet, the man who took on the FDA eight times and won on all counts. One day only, Sunday, June 9th, from 3 to 6 p.m. Visit Ernie'sPub.com or call 952-435-2867. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Springtime is sale time at Herbal Healer Academy. Current customers know this is the time to save big and stock up at HerbalHealer.com. New customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Right now, Herbal Healer's spring specials include our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale, CoQ10 with Hawthorne, Colon Enhancer, Sea Cucumber, Super Fam and Super Male Plex, plus Glucosamine Chondroitin, our best selling liquid CalMag Vitamin D and our colloidal minerals all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. And Herbal Healer also offers certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on to our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988. Herbal Healer Academy at HerbalHealer.com. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Denise Stoner, Kathleen Martin. Notice I've been mentioning their names in different orders so they get equal billing. (laughs) Okay, being fair, the book is The Alien Abduction Files, which you can now get from the usual offenders such as Amazon, etc. And it qualifies for Amazon Prime, by the way, if you paid extra for the two-day shipping. With Gene and Chris in the PowerCast, our final segment, I'm going to ask both of you, Kathleen and Denise, about where this research is going. What's the end game? Is it going to be just a collection of very unusual experiences? How do we figure out what actually happened and maybe make that clear to everybody? If it's aliens, how do we really prove it? How do we prove it's from Zeta Reticuli or Alpha Centauri or wherever? Does the government know about it? So many questions. Kathleen? I have a personal agenda, and that is for experiencer strength and empowerment. And I would like to see experiencers get over this feeling of victimization and to be able to move on, to be able to assess uh, the experiences that they are having, to search for the answers, to attempt to uh, communicate with their ET abductors or visitors, and to bring back messages to us about the agenda, about what they're doing, about their purpose. Okay, but that's assuming, one, that they are ET and they will be honest about their purpose. Yes, and, and, and it does, and I want only the messages that are being uh, brought back from the extraterrestrials. Okay, but how do we assume those messages are correct? How do we evaluate those messages? Well, through independent statements. If these messages are delivered to me confidentiality, confidentially, and they are not spread all over the Internet and all over uh, radio shows, if they're brought to me confidentially, uh, such as the messages that were brought to Denise and myself 
after the UFO abduction experiencer survey, then we might be able to establish what is reality and what is not because the same message is repeated over and over again. But that wouldn't stop ET or whatever they are from lying in the same way each and every time, telling us, well, we're here for X and Y, but we're really looking for Agenda Z. And again, no. I will say, if we cannot trust anything, what is the purpose in doing any of this? I might as well you know, hang it up and not do any more, and I'm not going to do that. Well, I understand in getting an accurate report of the experience, but once again, the intentions of the ET. What is ET's intentions? Do you have any ideas, either of you? Well, the you see, we do hold back some secrets, and we do hold back some markers just as if we're working with a crime scene and we have some information and some things that we're looking for for instance why do those of us that feel we have been given some information by the ets and can't get the key to that to unlock it something occurs to several of us that we know of so far and we're looking for others to come forward with that exact information to see how many of us have the same thing happen when we try to unlock that it's a big key it's a big key and it'll give us a clue more of a clue to who these ets are and i'm not going to disclose that because if i did we'd be ruining a big piece of the puzzle so we have things that we know that we're not going to tell and some questions will be coming out in the study asking a question that's pertinent to more information that we need yeah and i think that's very uh it's an important investigative tool to have markers to have flagged type information descriptions um i have a number of of things that i look for as well when i'm interviewing witnesses of high strange events one thing that skeptics always ask is how come people don't try to grab something or bring back souvenirs or attempt to do what uh, wc levengood for instance suggested why not set up hidden cameras uh in the room uh, some sort of surveillance net of the bedroom if it's a nocturnal events or possibly um, he suggested women wearing their hair in rollers and embedding ungerminated seeds uh, in the in the rollers so that after an abduction experience they have uh, some external thing that that can be scientifically analyzed has anyone ever mentioned attempting to grab something not nailed down aboard a ship and bringing it back has anybody arrived back with and been able to prove uh, through testimony of others that they they arrived with their bedclothes on backwards or something that would uh, indicate that there actually was some sort of high strange event other than their recollection or their word Boy, we're about to work on some of that. We're working on cameras. We're working on all kinds of things to try to capture something in in uh, a room in my home uh, because of what's occurred lately. But when you've got batteries that fail all at once, like the, the radio in my car, the mirrors in my car, my insulin pump on a three-month battery that was just powered up, gone, my cell phone gone all at once, all in one evening, and Kathy's GPS in her car quitting and taking us on a road we weren't supposed to be on all of that at once in one evening you know what that sounds like a pretty interesting case study right there yeah did you see anything strange or was it just the electromagnetic effects 
I didn't get home on time. And then we discovered completely by accident that within 10 feet of a trimeter electrical field, I spiked it and set the alarm off for, oh gosh, many days. Wow. How do you explain that scientifically? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Still- well, in terms of the batteries, I always try to plug things in when I'm <laughs> like at a haunted site or doing some sort of investigation where there is accessible power. I always try to utilize it because, boy, I don't know how many times I've had the, the batteries drain and I've recounted a number of these occurrences in past shows. So that is definitely, um, you know, a very a very real problem that many people have encountered. But uh, using something like a, a ungerminated weed, uh, wheat seeds in, in rollers in the hair is uh, one that I think should uh, be explored. I've never heard of anybody actually uh, successfully using some sort of technique like that where you have ungerminated seeds that would, uh, it would be pretty easy to detect um, any sort of exotic energies, uh, let's say, or... Um, at least measure the uh, the germination rate of, of seeds uh, going through an experience with you and uh, against control control samples. So uh, that may be something that you might want to attempt. But but where do you see the the future of this entire field going? It seems we haven't been seeing as much in the news about it. It seems to have kind of uh, disappeared off the radar in the media somewhat. Uh, do you see? Uh, do you think that this is is this is an accurate reflection of the uh, intensity of the phenomena, or do you think that uh, we are actually uh, just burbling right along? What do you think? Well, Kathleen, <laughs> I think that we're moving along very mm-hmm. cautiously and as scientifically as possible to look toward the answers for the answers, and that there is. Uh, a whole underground movement with abduction experiencers who are coming together to share information and that this might be the future, uh, that uh, they might be the people who actually do find the answers that we're looking for. Kathleen, can you tell our listeners where they can find more about you and maybe send you an email? Yes. Well, my website is kathleen dash Marden, M-A-R-D-E-N, dot com. And my email address is listed on that website. You can also purchase an autographed copy of the Alien Abduction Files and any of my other books. I have several articles there, and my speaking engagements this year are also listed on my website. Denise? Yes, Denise, Amazon, Margaret Stoner dot com, and you you can read about me there and purchase an autographed copy of the book for me there also. They'll be fighting for the sale of autographed copies. That's great. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> you can find Chris O'Brien at OurStrangePlanet.com. OurStrangePlanet, because it is a strange planet, as you discovered, ladies and gentlemen. You can find us on Twitter. We are the Paracast, the Paracast on Twitter. Look for the Paracast Fan Club, two of them. On Facebook, Sunday, we'll combine them to one. Or visit forum.theparacast.com to post your messages and make your comments. Denise Stoner, Kathleen Martin, thank you so much for joining us this week on the Paracast. Thank you so much for having us. We've enjoyed this, and we like getting this information out. Spread it far and wide for anybody that is looking and searching. And thank you so much for having us. It was a pleasure to be with you again. 
the Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. Thank <laughs> you.